You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Pleased to be joined by Steve Mariucci of NFL Network. You'll see him tonight, part of their exclusive coverage of the Rams and the 49ers getting together on Thursday Night Football. Coach, always a pleasure. We covered your Niner teams when they were making it to the NFC Championship game. Obviously, things have changed. This team only won a pair of games last year. How do you see the current state of the franchise? Well, hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to be with you. I, I, I'm anxious to go into that stadium and watch them play against the Rams. Like you mentioned, they haven't scored a touchdown yet this year. Of course, they have a new system with Kyle Shanahan's offense and, and, and John Lynch uh, in controls with personnel. So this is a rebuild, and, and they chose to go with a veteran quarterback and Brian Hoyer um, to hold the uh, – hold down the fort here as they're building up the rest of their team. They seem to be building up their defense, adding some parts to the offense, but I, I look to them to, to see if they're going to add a veteran free agent quarterback next year or draft one high and, and, and find that guy. Brian Hoyer has been with a lot of teams. He has played well at times. Um, they, they've just got to get back on track. It won't be easy tonight because the Rams defense is pretty good. Coach, and looking on the other side of the ball, the Rams, uh, you, you talked about new system and rebuilding. Uh, tell me what you see with Sean McVay and how he's trying to transition uh, Jared Goff to become a, a quarterback that belongs in the National Football League, which I think over the last two weeks he really looked that way up until this point. Yeah, Cordell, you're right. And, and I think that's why you know they, they made the change and, and hired a Sean McVay who had been the offensive coordinator with the Washington Redskins and – and uh, helping Kurt Cousins make a lot of money. And, and so the Rams feel that they need an offensive guy to bring Jared Goff along. You know, they spent, geez, they spent a lot of draft choices moving up to get him. You know, they got, a, they got the number one pick in the draft and a fourth and a sixth, but they gave up six draft choices to move up. Two ones, two twos, and two threes. And that's expensive, so they got to be right. They got to make this work. And Sean McVay is the guy they chose with his system to come on in and let's get something from our, our, our young quarterback, Jared Goff, who, who, by the way, is coming home tonight. He's from here. Yeah. He's from the Bay area. Right. And so he'll have a bunch of fans here and it's a big, he grew up a 49er fan, a Joe Montana fan, but, but you know, they've been building up the defense over the last few years, really with Jeff Fisher. And now it's time to, to start, uh, you know, adding to their offense. So they've done that with some, you know, some new linemen, uh, some new receivers, and Sean McVay is the exact right guy now to, to, to bring along Jared Goff. Steve, since we're highlighting Bay Area connections, you were the head coach of the California Golden Bears, so I'm presuming you tracked Goff when he was playing in Berkeley. Yeah. What was your view of Jared coming into our league? Well, even before that, you know, because he played at Marin Catholic High School over here. He grew up in Nevada, just north of the, of the bridge. And, and so I've, I've been following, we've all been following this kid for a long time. And he, had, he was one of those guys that ran a spread offense, Sonny Dyke's offense, at Cal, right? Um, and there's a transition period a little bit going from that offense where the coach is calling all the plays, you're in shotgun every single snap <clears throat> to a pro-style offense. Yeah, a lot of uh, our game is in shotgun now, but he still is under the center. He still has play-action pass uh, where he turns his back to the defense. He's got used to that thing, that kind of thing. So, you know, his first rookie year, he only had seven starts. It took him a while to get used to this pro game. But, boy, you know, he, like you mentioned earlier, uh, his game against the Colts, he looked great. And uh, in the second game, he looked okay against the Redskins, uh, did well at times. So I think he's on the right track. 
We have to be patient. He's a young kid. He's only 22 years old. When I was 22, I couldn't remember where my car keys were. <laughs> so this kid's making some good progress, and they're starting to surround him with a good supporting cast. You mentioned making good progress. Uh, go to Kansas City. I mean, talk about that progress with Alex Smith and, and everything I think everyone has mentioned, whether it's NFL Network, ESPN, even us, and saying that he, you know, he can only throw the intermediate passes really good, and, yeah. and when is he going to open it up? And he comes out week one, coach, and he does a yeah. great job against New England, and then this past weekend he like beat the, the Philadelphia top. Eagles at the very last minute. How great was he so far? Hey, you don't think, Cordell, you don't think that the people here in San Francisco are saying – Darn, I wonder if we would have kept Alex <laughs> Smith around here. He was right. the number one pick here a few years ago. And, yeah, I'm really happy for Alex because he's perfect in Andy Reid's system. They don't drop back and throw it from the pocket every single play. They move him around like crazy. He's an athletic quarterback. Um, it, it, you know, he, the nick was he doesn't throw the ball down the field to the receivers as often as maybe some others. But, you know, they dink and dunk and they nickel and dime and they run. The, I love Kareem Hunt. Right, the new rookie running back from Toledo over there, uh, replacing Spencer Ware. But but kudos to Andy Reid and and uh, Alex Smith because he is having a terrific start. Heck, he's all of a sudden he turns into an MVP candidate, doesn't he? Which is just an amazing yes. transformation. Chatting with a great friend of the program, Steve Mariucci of NFL Network. Steve, coming up on the network, your friends Michael Irvin and Ladanian Tomlinson scheduled to debate. If, in fact, Ezekiel Elliott quit on the play when Dak Prescott threw the interception in Denver, you know, Michael's ready to defend any cowboy. When you saw the play, what stood out to you? Yeah, we just, guys, we just had a production meeting, right? Because we go on the air here pretty soon. We uh, go to the stadium here in about a half an hour. And then that's when we're all in that conversation, okay? Not just Michael and LT, but Marshall and I as well. And, yeah, Michael Michael got a little... uh, Michael gets emotional sometimes. This just in. He gets emotional sometimes, <laughs> especially when it has to do with his Cowboys. But we're going to talk about that because it was, it was an interesting thing. Um, and LT made that comment as he was sitting uh, on our show on Sunday night uh, with our prime show with Dion, and he, and he, and he kind of suggested that he quit. And, and, and I, he, I guess he meant he quit on that play. Um, every now and then you'll see somebody on an interception, an offensive player that doesn't hustle and try to make the, uh, make the tackle like he should. And that's what happened. So he certainly gave up on that play, but then the cameras kept on his face, you know, on the sidelines. And it kind of appeared he was pouting a little bit and just kind of disinterested. And he was having a tough time. He had nine rushes for eight yards. There was a real frustration in this kid's uh, face. And, and so, um, you know, now we're all talking about it, but, uh, you know, the word quit is a, is a pretty, pretty strong word. Um, you know, I, I certainly I don't think he quit on his team or anything like that. I think he certainly gave up on that play, which you'd like to see him hustle and try to make a tackle. Heck, Cordell, how many tackles did you make after interceptions? you got to chase oh, them down sometimes. Right? I made, you got to make I, a decision. Oh, coach, I ran huh? so hard to try to tackle him. I sometimes almost hurt myself because I was so mad. And let alone yeah. I had to make sure he didn't get too many yards as far as the yards per carry on that thing. So <laughs> I, I, was, yeah. uh, I had a different uh, M.O., an approach to, yeah. to tackling those guys. But, I mean, everything you said is, is 110% correct. But I like to kind of flip the, the energy to a side of, uh, of not something so good and, and juicy, but something that's kind of that's going to cause you to dive into your coaching world of, of guys with an attitude, and that's the Giants. Give me your take on their attitude <laughs> and, and what they hadn't been able to do so far up until this point, which is very uncharacteristic of their team. 
Yeah, I don't know about their attitude. I just know their play hasn't been very good, you know. And, and so what you have here is a team with, you know, some high expectations. I think we all had – I picked them to beat the Cowboys in the opener. Why? Well, they've beaten them three times in a row. And they and they, the Cowboys were thirteen and three last year. Well, two of those losses were to the Giants. So I thought they would show up and beat the Cowboys. Well, that didn't happen. They only scored three points on offense. And now, you know, you're talking about an zero and two team um, going into uh, or uh, let's see, where are we here? You know, we're zero and two team going into Philadelphia, who's a very good team right now, a very dangerous team. And I, I don't know. I, I, it looks like their offensive line is having struggles. There's no question about that. Odell Beckham's been hurt, and and that's to me, that's a little. I don't, I don't want to call it a distraction or anything, because he's a heck of a player. He's a good personality for this league. But you know, it's like he's going to play. Is he not going to play? Is he going to talk to the you know, the kicking net or not. I mean, I don't know. And I thought Brendan Marshall would have more of an impact on this team. And he really has been, he's been invisible for the most part. And, and their offensive line really doesn't protect Eli. He's not a mobile quarterback. Um, they have a good defense. They spent a ton of money on their defense last year and they're, they're pretty darn good. It's just, it's just offensive production that's lacking right now. And they look sloppy on fourth and one. They got, they get a penalty. It's like, it's like, what's going on over there? Um, like to see them establish the ground game. But Paul Perkins and Shane Vereen are good backs. I don't know if there's a bell cow there. You know, it's just they're, they're not – they're just a very average team on offense right now. They need to figure it out because they got a tough schedule coming up. Yeah, on the road in Philadelphia, then on the road in Tampa Bay. Steve, as we wrap it up, the financial imperative when the Niners decided to make plans for a new stadium made sense going to Santa Clara. It's close to the facility. Yeah. You know about all the Silicon Valley money. But did this franchise lose something special when they left Candlestick Point? Oh, boy. Well, you know, Candlestick, it was a terrible stadium. It was an old stadium. It was a baseball stadium. Willie Mays had a lot of home runs over there, okay? And so the the three stadiums in California, Jack Murphy down in San Diego and over at the Coliseum in Oakland and then Candlestick were all baseball stadiums, right, which needed to be replaced a long time ago. So thankfully, uh, we have a new stadium at Levi Stadium. But talk about the great moments. Um, in Candlestick, not just for baseball with Willie McCovey and you know Juan Marichal and everybody, but with with the Niner football um, creating the dynasty of the '80s and the '90s and and winning so many games over there, it was a, it was an old rickety stadium that had a lot of great memories and a lot of great wins in it. In fact, my my, my last game, how about this? My last game in Candlestick ever was a playoff game against the Giants when we were 24 points down and came back and won that thing 39 to 38 against the giants in the playoffs. So I have some really fond memories of that place, but it's gone. It's going to be a, it's going to be a development site now for new housing and, and everything else. Well, you were part of so many magical moments there, Steve, we always enjoy you having on the uh, program with us. Have a great call tonight on the pre and post game show. And we'll chat with you soon on NFL on TuneIn. You bet. You bet. We'll do guys. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.